Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51 called Look to the Rock. Now, I don't know about you, but I start thinking about my own life and I start thinking about my kids and I start thinking about my spiritual kids and I start thinking about how many, I wonder where the branches go and I wonder who else is, is getting saved or hearing the truth as a result of this encounter and this marriage and this situation and this uh, moment of time that I took or you took to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't know. But one day I think we're going to get to find out. One day I think when we're in heaven and other people are walking in, we're going to get to know they're going to be part of our crown because we had a role in that. There was a guy, uh, someone in, on the evangelism team sent us a, um, a YouTube of this and he was a, a guy in, uh, oh gosh, I think it was, what's, what was the country? Was it Australia. And he was a little old guy who gave out Bible tracts. And what he would do is people would walk by in this busy street. He would hand them, well, before he'd hand them a tract, he'd say, if you died tonight, excuse me, sir, if you died tonight, would you be in heaven? Do you know where you're going? And he'd, then he'd hand them a tract. Keep it real simple. People were often offended and shocked by his approach and presentation. And then he would just walk away. And they began to track all these people that had gotten saved as a result of this older gentleman's ministry. And finally, I think it was a story of one pastor who found out and he made all these connections. The pastor was traveling the world and he discovered that this little old man on this one street in the world had impacted all of these spiritual leaders all over the world. So he made his way back to the old man and he was sick and I think he was on the verge of death. And he began to articulate the story to this older gentleman. And the man said, the man began to cry. And he said, in all these years, and I think he did it for several decades, he said, in all these years, I never had one person turn their life on the spot to Christ. And as the pastor began to relate the stories of all these people that got saved as a result of his obedience, he began to break down in tears. And I think he died a couple weeks after that, as the story goes. Faithful. And all these people... Uh, trusting that the gospel has power. And God says, look, if you're struggling tonight, look to others who probably took some bigger steps of faith than you are being asked to take. I mean, pack your bags. I'll show you where you're going. Is there an address? Is there directions? Is there a map? She's going to ask me if there's a map, Lord. She's going to ask me, right? No map. (laughs) just go, right? And I'll show you. So God says, listen and look. Those are two things that we need to do to build our faith. Maybe you need to reread Hebrews 11. If your faith is low, listen and look again because there there are examples of faithful people all over and of course, they are all over your Bible. They're very human. Abraham had his foibles. He made his mistakes. We know there were times in his life when he didn't look so pillar-like 
And praise God for that, because that means I have hope too, right? That he wasn't always perfect. But mark those words, listen, look. For the Lord, 51.3, will comfort Zion. They've been asking the question, God answers it. Indeed, I will comfort my people. He will comfort all her waste places, those things that have been dried up because of the captivity, destroyed Her wilderness he will make, notice, like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and sound of a melody. If you have an NIV, it says, Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. And uh, it could be that as they were marching back to Jerusalem, and remember only a remnant returned, because many of them had gotten comfortable in Babylon Maybe they were singing the song of the ascents as they were ascending up to Jerusalem, going up to the city. And you could read Psalms 120, I think it's through 134 in that light. They were returning to the land of promise and some see in this a future fulfillment when the people of Israel will march in, apparently from Isaiah 63, we'll study later, uh, the Messiah going to Basra, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, it could be that he picks them up in Edom, in Petra, where they'll go and, and hide, and they will march in together into Jerusalem singing the Psalms. That's just a possibility. So he says, verse 4, Pay attention to me, O my people. Give ear to me, O my nation. Don't you love it? God calls them my people, and he calls Israel my nation. Pay attention to me, for a law will go forth from me, And I will set my justice for a light of the peoples. I am longing for that day when his light will not be restrained, but he will rule and reign from Jerusalem. Nothing can restrain his light, but of course we live in a dark world and he's not ruling and reigning in Jerusalem now, but he will. He says, my righteousness, verse five, is near. My salvation has gone forth and my arms, plural, will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait for me. This speaks of his salvation beyond the nation of Israel. And for my arm, they will wait expectantly. The arm of the Lord. Uh, Go to Isaiah 53. This is a foretaste of what's ahead of us. But this mention of the arm of the Lord is fulfilled in a person. Uh, The ultimate demonstration or fulfillment of God's power and salvation is found in the servant of Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, and it says, Who has believed our report? Isaiah 53, 1. And to whom has the what? Arm of the Lord been revealed. The arm of the Lord is, a, is always a picture of his power to deliver. And here, the ultimate expression of the arm of the Lord to deliver is found in the death and resurrection of Messiah. And so the arm of the Lord revealed his hands pierced, wounded for our transgressions. And God says he will award through the apostle Paul. Paul says he will award to me on that day the crown of righteousness. And not only me, but also to all those who love he is appearing. We are looking for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, lift up your eyes to the sky, verse 6. Then look to the earth beneath. So kind of look up and then look down. 
for the sky, everything that looks so permanent, you know, you look at the sky and the stars and the sun and the moon and you look at the earth. He says, just go ahead, kind of peruse it, scan it. Then look at the earth beneath. For the sky that you look at will vanish. And that word vanish means to be dispersed or to fall to bits like smoke. And the earth will wear out like a garment. Now when you see smoke go up in the air, it looks thick and solid only for a time and then it dissipates and it kind of breaks apart. And this is the image that God is using for a future day when the current heavens and earth will be rolled up. And I don't know what that's going to look like, folks, but can you imagine everything up there that looks so permanent? You get up on a mountain, maybe go to Big Bear or something, and you actually get to see that there's more than three stars that exist in the sky. I didn't know that they were all up there. Whoa! You got to be reminded of it, right? And and God's going to roll it up. It's going to vanish away. The old cosmos will vanish away. They will grow old, but the Lord will not. And here's how he's contrasting it. The earth will wear out, middle of verse 6. Its inhabitants will die in like manner. Everything that looks so big and overwhelming now, but, contrast, my salvation shall be forever. The earth and sky are impermanent. And my righteousness shall not wane. The New King James says, it shall not be abolished. You could render it, it will not be shattered. What looks permanent is impermanent. What sometimes seems to be not permanent is permanent. That is, again, the eyes of faith God is calling upon us to look beyond what seems to be permanent, to look beyond the temporal to the eternal. A house made without hands, which is eternal in the heavens, a new body. This body seems permanent, but it ain't. I feel strong some days. And then I hurt my knee, and I don't feel so strong. I felt like the scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. You know? It can, it can change people. Quick. Listen to me. Verse 7. I didn't plan that, but that worked really well. You who know righteousness. A people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear, and this is where it's all heading now, the reproach of man Neither be dismayed at their revilings. Now, you could see this in the captives in Babylon, but I'm going to show you why some of this language may be in a future, future tense, and that is, it may be pointing to the end time scenario. Look at the verse. Hear me, NIV, you who know what is right, you people who have my law in your hearts. Who's that? Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. The New American Standard says, by their revilings. Now, many Christians are suffering right now persecution. But there's going to be a time when the reproach and the revilings are amped up. And these are going to be verses that you're, if you live in that generation, you're going to need to know these verses. Because God is going to say to you, don't fear them. You see them, they're going to die. They're impermanent. They're not going to last. Listen to me. Look with the eyes of faith. Behold, an hour is coming. It already has come for you to be scattered, Jesus says. John 16, 32, 33. Each to his own home and to leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. 
These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. We'll get back to Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah in a moment. But first, Pastor Michael has an invitation for you. Hey, if you're looking for a fellowship to participate in and you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, I pastor a church along with other pastors. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. And we do two Sunday morning services each Sunday, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., We happen to be moving through the book of Philippians at the current moment. Hey, plan on joining us this weekend. We'd love to have you. I'd love to meet you. I'll meet you right there at the donuts. Maybe we'll split a maple bar. (laughs) And hey, remember, if you can't join us, if you're not within the Inland Empire, then find a good, healthy Bible teaching church and go and serve the Lord because he's worthy. And when we're part of the body, an active part of the body, man, it makes a big difference in our lives and the lives of others. So make sure you're plugged in to fellowship this weekend. God bless you. Learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, when you visit walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. If you live in that generation, you're going to need to know these verses. Because God is going to say to you, don't fear them. You see them, they're going to die. They're impermanent. They're not going to last. Listen to me. Look with the eyes of faith. Behold, an hour is coming It already has come for you to be scattered, Jesus says, John 16, 32, 33. Each to his own home and to leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 33. And the very next verse is John 17, 1. And what does Jesus do? He begins to pray for us. He says, don't fear the world. You're going to have trouble, but be a good cheer. And then what do we see in John 17? The very next verse is this high priestly prayer where he begins to intercede for not only the apostles, but for all those who will believe through their word. By extension, that's us. He's praying for us to hold on in tribulation, to not fear the wrong thing as we've looked at in previous messages. For the moth will eat them, that is, man that we fear like a garment, And the grub will eat them like wool. But my righteousness, verse 8, shall be forever. My salvation to all generations. Awake, awake, verse 9. Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. This is the, the prayer from through Isaiah. And I think he's representing the people here. Awake as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not thou who cut Rahab in pieces? who pierced the dragon. Now, all of a sudden, there's a shift and it goes to the people and the people have heard this and they say, okay, cool. I believe the promises. Okay, faith is kind of starting to generate inside of me. But all of a sudden, the prayer starts with, God, would you wake up? Have you ever been there before? Now, the Bible says in Isaiah 40 that God does not sleep nor slumber, right? He's not like us. We take a nap and we forget what century it is. (laughs) 
who am I and where am I, right? God doesn't do that. But sometimes life feels that way. Sometimes faith feels that way. We say, God, are you, are you sleeping? Because I've been praying about this one for a while. And if you were a captive in Babylon, it would be 70 years. How many of you have been praying for something for, you know, 70 days? Lord, you're not responding. Are you asleep? Right? Can you imagine praying for 70 years? And the Lord says, you, you're going to be delivered, but it's going to be on my calendar 70 years. Nothing's going to change that, no matter how hard you pray. <laughs> right? That's, that could be frustrating. Now I'm going to, I'll comfort you while you're there in that difficulty, but awake, awake, NIV, clothe yourself with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days gone by. As in generations of old, was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces? Now, some of you are thinking, Rahab the harlot, was she cut to pieces? The answer is no. This is not Rahab the harlot uh, who pierced the monster through. Rahab actually is a picture of Egypt. Uh, You can look at Isaiah 30, I think it's verse 7. But also listen to Ezekiel 29, verse 3. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great monster that lies in the midst of his rivers that has said, my Nile is mine and I myself have made it. Apparently, either the monster, the, the Egyptian slash Canaanite myth, which they had a lot of these kinds of myths and false deities and gods that were connected to stars and, and seas and rivers, But do you know when God turned the Nile into blood, because they believed the Nile was a god, do you know what God was basically saying through that plague? I killed your God. That's what he was saying. The Nile turned to blood. And the people worshipped the Nile. And God said, I got news for you. He's dead. And the Pharaoh would go down there and do his ritual bathing. and, And that didn't work out really well after that plague. Now, Rahab, uh, another name for Egypt, was also a mythical serpent that apparently resisted God's creation of the universe in Canaanite mythology. And uh, when God parted the sea, the Red Sea, how many uh, Israelite people do you think were out there? Well, scholars think maybe well over a million, plus the Egyptian army that was pursuing them. And what did God do to the sea? He cut it in half. I don't know if you ever looked at it that way. It's called surgery on the sea with a blast of his nostril. I love it. I love it. That <laughs> You ever seen a baseball player do that? They're at the plate. They know the camera has panned into them and they do the You're like, dude, really? I mean, I'm trying to get over this, all the spitting you do at home plate, let alone the blowing of your nostril. But that's what God does. He cut the sea in half. Was it not thou who dried up the sea? Yom is the Hebrew word. And Yom is the name of a mythological foe in in the myth killed by Baal. And once more, says one writer, Isaiah offers history in place of mythology and shows that the Lord vanquished Yom, this false deity anyway, in front of millions of witnesses, his own people, plus the Egyptians. You could say the, the world and the believing community and said, you think he's something? 
And they were fearful of the sea and everything. And God said, I'll, I'll take care of him and I'll open up a path for my people to walk. And then when, it's, when they get through, what I'll do is I'll close it up on the Egyptians. The water of the great deep, verse 10, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for who? For the redeemed to cross over. Now, if you were crossing over as one of the uh, Israelite people, you know, that'd be pretty cool. And the, the ground was... Part of the miracle was the ground was dry. And I don't know if the little fishies were coming up and waving. I don't know, you know, if the Disney movies are true and all that, but radical miracle. So the ransomed of the Lord will return. There will be an ultimate exodus, a second exodus from Babylon, but an ultimate exodus back to the land and come with joyful shouting to Zion, never another name for Jerusalem, and everlasting joy will be on their heads. Think of the anointing oil flowing down. Uh, it will just saturate them. They will obtain gladness and joy. And notice this. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. And God says, I, even I, you said, awake, awake. Here, I'll respond with a double. I, even I, am he who comforts you. You know, the answer to all that ails mankind. We can, we can look to medication. We can look to counselors. We can look to hobbies. But the answer to what ails the depth of mankind is always found in one answer, and it is God. God is the one who comforts us. He's the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Who are you? God says, now, you're trying to remind me of what I should be doing. Who are you that you are afraid? And fear, here is in the perfect tense, means being gripped by fear of man who dies and the son of man who is made like grass. You want to ask me? Well, let me uh, tell you. You've forgotten the Lord, your maker. 13. Who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth that you fear continually all day long because of the fury of the oppressor as he makes ready to destroy But where is the fury of the oppressor? You've been listening to Look to the Rock, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Could you help us pay for some airtime on this station? Help us continue in this ministry by a monthly partnership of at least $5 a month. And that's all we ask. That's like the price of a cup of coffee. Unless you get that like really fancy stuff. But anyway, if you're blessed by this ministry and believe others in your community can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael before we go. Well, you may be asking the question, if Jesus prayed for his disciples, does that mean that he's praying for me today? Um, You know, is he praying the best for me? Well, look, the truth is that we have a great high priest who's always interceding for his people. Now, what does that look like in heaven? I don't know for sure. Um, I don't know if that takes the form of prayer so much as it is, it takes the form of intercession or that our great high priest pours out help 
Now, you can find a great section on this reality when you study Hebrews 4, verses 13 through 16. And what you'll, you'll discover there is that we have a great high priest in heaven who's always pouring out stabilizing help to his people. Well, what do you got to do to get it? <laughs> All you got to do is go to something described as a throne of grace that you can find help in time of need. I would make sure that you have Hebrews 4, 13 through 16, so solidified in your heart that you would know that your great high priest is always there for you. And simply all he asks is to come to him and he'll dispense stabilizing grace in your life. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. We're walking through the book of Isaiah and it's been an incredible time to go through this amazing book. We're coming up, we've been studying Messianic prophecy, prophecy about the Messiah, and we're coming up on one of the most glorious sections, I think, in all the Bible, which will be found at the end of Isaiah 52 into 53. But I will tell you, if you're not familiar with Isaiah, there's so much good stuff all around that, that it is amazing. I pray that you've been blessed by it. Hey, if the study through Isaiah has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Let us know um, how it's impacted you, where you're listening, how we can pray for you. You can do that when you email us and do it today. Do it while you're thinking about it at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So send us an email today and we'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 51 called Look to the Rock. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.